for... Because I'm already going to get such a headache from arguing with you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want the light from my computer screen to enhance So you. your opinion of me now comes forth, doesn't it? <laughs> Welcome to the Kindred Spirit Podcast, a show all about the board game Spirit Island. Here we'll talk about analytics and strategies within the game, as well as a plethora of other topics that can be found within it. I'm Ryan, and with me once again is John. That's me. And today we will find out our top four as we conclude our hype list for that game. Oh, I'm so excited for this one. Can't wait. Oh boy, here we go. Top four. Oh, I've been looking forward to this for so long. Even when I'm at work, I'm thinking, oh, what is John's for? And I'm just going back in my head. I'm like, wait, is this this guy or is it that guy? I don't know. I made my own little prediction guess as to what your top four will be. And I was second guessing myself a lot. You didn't I'm tell curious. me it, did you? I'm curious. Did you at all, whether you made a list or whether you thought about it, did you in any way try to predict what my top four are going to be? Hmm. I think missed is one. Yeah. And then I don't know about two and three. Actually, maybe I do know all of it. <laughs> maybe you do know. Okay, I think Miss is one. I think Downpour is two. And then three and four is... That's uh, where it's up in the air for you? Up in the air. So at first, I was really pretty solid in my own opinion on what your top four was. But then I started to second guess myself and now I have no idea. So I didn't know if I should change my list or if I should just... just for those it. at home, I'm a Gemini. <laughs> I'm an Aquarius. I'm two-faced. You'll never know what side of John you're getting. Oh, wait. Before we start, I want to wear my blue glasses. My blue tint. Have you heard of these? No. What are these? They take out the blue of the, oh, of the computer screen. Because for... I'm arguing get such a headache from arguing with you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want the light from my computer screen to enhance So you. your opinion of me now comes forth. <laughs> John, are we really Gee, friends? Gee, thanks. Gee, thanks, buddy. Are we even friends? <laughs> Oh, you suck. Okay. So <laughs> sponsored by Blue Tint Glasses. Our first sponsor. Ryan's like, cut it. No. <laughs> Don't listen. No. If we had a sponsor, it would be Snapple. <laughs> <laughs> we drink it during every podcast, y'all. <sighs> okay. Oh, geez. All right. Let's Great get start. Going Good on start. This. We'll cut all that. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, so <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken, I'm leading us off for number four because you started off with number five. Fractured. With Fractured Days and I copied you. Which, by the way, during last episode, I theorized that Fractured Days, his utility rating would be quite high. Well, at the time of recording that episode, we did not have any information at all as to what his synopsis of characteristics were. Well, since that time, y'all, somebody had posted on Tabletop Simulator all of the synopsis for all the various characters within Spirit Island, even the people coming from Jagged Earth. There is one exception to this, though, and that is Vengeance. Vengeance still is a complete mystery as to what his summary of powers is. Anyway, my point being, at the time, I made a prediction that Fractured Days, although I have no idea at the time of that recording what his summary of powers would be, my guess was that his utility would be quite high. Well, now that we do have it, we can see what his summary of powers is. His offense is awful. His control is like 2% better. His fear is basically nothing. So those three are basically zip. Then his defense is really good, and his utility is pegged. Pegged. It is like a skyscraper. 
kind of like how Finder's control rating is just through the roof. This guy's utility rating is through the roof. So, hey, we called it. Although, that's not really the hardest prediction to make. I just wanted to throw that in right at the beginning because that is something that we just discussed. And since that is some new information that we got in between episodes, I thought that was a bit interesting. Quick sidebar to go along with that. Okay. Do you think supports... So, say in Overwatch, I'm playing a support character. Mm -hmm. I am healing our tanks and our DPS damage Mm -hmm. dealing people, and they're fighting the enemy. Right. But I'm not doing as much damage myself. I'm more, like you said, utility, helping the team out last longer in the battle. So we win the fight. Mm -hmm. Do you think... I don't know if that translates as well to Spirit Islands, because, yes, you can help other people, but you're still fighting off the invaders yourself. Where, And if I'm playing Mercy in Overwatch, I'm not even using a gun. Right. I'm not doing any fighting. You know, it's an interesting question because this game, it's not like you, the spirit, have a health bar. It's not like you can take damage. That's a good point. Sure, you can lose presence, but you yourself are not a physical entity on the board where it's like, oh, here's my miniature that's moving around. Mm. Ah, I took too much damage. I got to pull out where someone can go and help you. That's a good point. So how does utility in this game, how does support, how does healing, quote unquote, help other spirits? Right. Um... I, I guess it would be the eternal question of utility in the form of I am assisting others, period. And that every game has its own specifics on how well that assistance becomes. The question that always happens, though, is if you have two people and one of them is support, this one support guy will enable the other guy to do better than that guy would be if he was by himself. Now, would that be more efficient than another pair of two who those pair of two are just two attackers? It's the classic question of which is better, one souped up guy or two plain dudes? Mm. So what if I had one attacker and one support versus two attackers? Which team is outputting more? Two guys by themselves that are acting independently with each other, like they're not synergetically together, they're just simply adding one guy's damage output to the other guy's damage output versus the other one with the support, which is one guy isn't doing any attacking. He's just souping up the other guy so that that other guy can actually be better than his normal self. Usually it's about even, Mm. and that's kind of the tricky part of game balance. But in this game... I just thought it was an interesting question. No, yeah, I'm very curious to see how Fractured Days will do that. And I know we talked a lot about that last episode, but we still don't even know his cards. Yeah. But his defense was really high, too. Yeah. So I'm really curious to see what his cards do. Because I didn't see anything defensive on his board. Because even on the Kickstarter page and the synopsis, he's not a lot on the island. No, not at all. And so I'm really It's very mind-bendy. We'll have to see. Sorry, we're not even in our top four. Okay. All righty. Let's Let's start the show. Let's do it. Number four. So for me, number four, Vengeance as a Burning Uh, Plague. (laughs) Is that accurate? Did that fit your prediction? We do have a text conversation going on, Uh obviously between us. And what did I guess yesterday? I did guess Uh, Vengeance. You did guess Vengeance. Yep. Vengeance is my number four. Vengeance, okay. Of all the new token users, this guy is probably the one I have the most interest in. Now, I know that I talked a lot when you had Vengeance as a Burning Plague. I do love this art. I know I said it once, but I'm going to say it again, guys. Did you do your homework? Did you actually look it up? Did you listen to us? Yeah. I love this lizard that's just coming out of this poisonous, fumy hot spring. It just looks so great. And I don't want to rehash a ton, but there's just some things. That Let's you bring just... up the ripples again. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it really irks me. <laughs> so 
One thing that was really interesting with Vengeance that I thought was really unique, and like I said, I don't want to rehash other things, so these are things that I hadn't spoke of yet, was this guy starts the game with a presence already destroyed. That is really unique. I don't think we talked about that. Nope. I know we didn't because I flagged it for later. You were withholding information. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's fair because that stuck out to me. If it didn't stick out to you, you would have... It didn't. If it did stick out to you, you would have said something about it. John. Fair point. Fair (laughs) point. Okay, look at this guy's presence track. He only has nine to upgrade. Nine. That's actually not a lot. I know everyone starts with 13 and some people start with one presence, Mm -hmm. some people start with two... This guy starts off with three, but a fourth one is already destroyed. So that is four that you do not have to worry about upgrading or acquiring through presence placement throughout the game. This means to me that this guy can upgrade just a little bit faster, just a little bit easier, whether he does it himself or whether he has somebody helping him. I thought that was really unique. This guy already has a presence that is destroyed. And of course, that feeds perfectly into his one card that is called Gift of Fiery Vengeance, which allows him to do bonus damage for every destroyed presence he has, which means that right off the gate, he can go and have some minor form of bonus damage, even from game start, even though in that current game, he may not have had a presence die yet. So that card is viable, even for a small portion of damage right out the gate. I think it's really interesting. I think it's really cool. Now, when I was looking at this guy the first time I saw him, I had no idea what his cards were. I didn't have anyone's playtest beta version of him to get a synopsis, to get a feel for what this guy could do with his overall strategy. The only thing I had was just his player board. And there was this pretty awesome combo that I saw you could do with him that I'm really eager to try with Vengeance as a Burning Plague that I was able to detect simply from looking at his board exclusively and that is his third growth option with his second innate so to describe his second innate it's epidemics run rampant it's a slow power and it requires two disease that's really interesting not only does the land require disease in order for it to be used there but it requires two which means that that's not going to be a land where you accidentally had a disease token this is some place where you definitely intended disease to be and so i was thinking well let's look at what this innate does it has three levels level one is just oh one damage level two instead you do one damage per disease Mm. which since that is going to be a minimum of two damage since you need at least two to even use this ability then level three is instead for every disease you have one fear and two damage then remove a disease so at minimum you are going to have four damage right there and a fear of course four damage is enough to take out a city which can get you two fear. So that's at least three fear with the minimal version of a level three of this innate ability. His offense has got to be high. I'm guessing it will be, and I'm going to get into this a little bit later during this episode, but I think Badlands has a dangerously high potential to rack up a ton of damage. And this is a guy, if you look at a lot of his cards or his other innate power called Savage Revenge, they require you to target a land that has Blight in it, or at least the pre-release version I have of him on my screen here. His third growth option, if you go into a land that has a Blight in it, you actually get a free disease to place there. So you are already incentivized, as this guy, as I said last episode, Mm -hmm. to run into the fire, not away from it. Anyway, getting back to my point. So I saw this really cool combo that uses his third growth option, his second innate power, along with his second special rule, which says, not so readily vanquished. 
when your presence is destroyed by anything except a spirit effect, you can add a disease in place of each destroyed presence. That means that if someone gets you, if someone kills you there, if the invaders can knock out one of your presents, you get to have a little bit of a last laugh moment. And although you are losing a presence, you can go and Add place a disease. a disease there. Also, with Gift of Fiery Vengeance, it's kind of fun because it's just like, you may have gotten me here, but you just made my one card do more Stronger. bonus damage. And now I have disease there. So I love the fact that the more this guy gets hurt, the more damage he does. It's almost like he wants to get he does. destroyed, which is so weird. Yeah. Or at least that's game. a strategy that you could totally go down. Well, even presence placing, like his third growth option, add a presence to a land with the town or city. Sometimes I want to avoid where the invaders right. are. Right. This guy's like, let me at him. Let He's like a him. bulldog. Yeah. He's just like a British bulldog filled with tetanus. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this disease and written. as you've explained he could do the damage to wipe out right so here's my combo I thought of what if there is a land that has absolutely none of your presence in it okay but what if it had a blight for instance well what you could do is you can go and add a presence and look at that range four range four so long as there's an invader building there you can add a presence there then if it's blighted add a disease so if you have a problem spot that's already blighted or on the game setup when there is a blight on a land and maybe with the adversary that you're using there is a building that is already there that has a blight. So what if you start the game with a land that A has blight in it and B has a building in it? Well what you can do with this cool combo is purposefully go into that land and place a presence there. Then, since it's blighted, you get to add a disease. Gain three energy. It's always good to have energy even if you don't have a use for it immediately. Having energy in the bank is always good. You can never go wrong with getting an energy spike because at some point it will get used, trust me. So you put a presence there, and since it's blighted, you A, can treat that blight as if it was Badlands, and B, you have a disease token there. Then, you can use Slowly Unfolding Plague, which is the next time that you could prevent a build with a disease token, you can choose to not do that and let the build happen anyway. If you do this, you generate two fear. So what you do is you purposefully let them build and get two fear. Then when attack comes, let it happen yeah. and let yourself get killed. Then what a weird concept. <laughs> once you let yourself get killed, not so readily vanquished happens. It triggers, your presence goes out the window. Guess what happens? But a disease enters. Now there's two disease and a functioning badlands in there. If only there was an innate. <laughs> so now Epidemics Run Rampant is now legal. Mm. You can now play that innate ability. So now, not only can you do that ability and do a lot of fear and damage, but you also have a blight there, which is increasing the damage you deal. That was all in two turns. And that was a two-turn counterattack. Yes, it required you to destroy a presence, but guess what? Get to Fire Vengeance. Target Spirit chooses one of their lands. One damage there per destroyed presence that Spirit has. So, if you've only done this once, you can add that to the original presence that you started the game with that was destroyed, which will get you plus two. Mm. So, with the Badlands there, it's three. So, Epidemics Run Rampant at level one says one damage. If you have Gift of Fiery Vengeance as well that turn, that's actually four damage at its minimum. Then, if it's at level two, it's five damage, and then... Because of the multiplier. Right, one damage per disease. Right. It's actually a minimum of six, because you need to have two. So it goes from four, six, to eight for its level three, because at level three, each one of the diseases is doing two damage, and since there will be two...
two in there. That is two damage per disease. So that's four. Two and two is four. Then you have plus three from Gift of Fiery Vengeance because at that point you will have two bonus damage from your destroyed presence. And then you'll have plus one. So it's actually, okay, not eight, it's seven. But still, that's a lot of damage that you can do. And hey, what if you had more than two? Mm. That is a seven or eight plus damage attack that you can do. Oh, that's huge. That is really nice. Especially against higher level adversaries. So I think that that is pretty awesome. I thought that combo was dope. And I didn't even know at the time what his cards were. Of course, now that I have seen his cards, I can go and look at how that combo can be done better, just like how I've described. But even still, before I knew what his cards were, I'm like, boy, this guy can do a turn two, four, or five damage attack. Yes, he has to lose a, a presence, presence but he already works. starts the game off with one. I had a feeling in my gut that he could do something with destroyed presence in some way. I didn't know how it would look like, but here I wasn't surprised when I saw that. Oh, look, his damage gets better if he has destroyed presence. In hearing this, I think you like that mechanic because there are other people on your list who are lower on your list who also have offensive capabilities. Yeah. You're not just like, I need to blow things up type of player, mm. but I think this mechanic really interests you. Well, I think this one is very satisfying because this is one you plan for. Yeah. This isn't like, a, uh, well, sure, I grabbed this card. This card does, how much damage does this do? I go boom, Oh, boom. it does five. Okay, well, I may as well put five somewhere. Where should I put it? Um, I'm playing as Memory or I'm playing as Serpent or Earth who has a ton of energy or yeah. Keeper, perhaps. All right, I just got a damaging card. Where should I put it? Uh, well, are no, you saying one... Lightning players are dumb? <laughs> I never said lightning. They're the jocks of the <laughs> of the Spirit Island players. John, you are not a jock. <laughs> I go boom, boom here. I pick things up, I put them down. <laughs> but I really think it's intriguing. And for me, it was curiosity peaking and kind of cool to see how this guy can set up counterattacks like that. Because it's a counterattacker and that doesn't use, use tokens. Down. Right, it's a way tokens. to use your tokens in a very unique way that oh, no one else can. He seems like he hates to so well, disease infects all people. So, well, Makes I was about sense. to say, this is a guy who can counterattack without Dahan. Mm. Now, I said that I think you can do this guy as a Dahan user, not natively, if you build yourself that way. But in order to do that, it would be to use your disease more for its natural use and not for its How everyone else uses use. disease in the game. Right, which is the build prevention. I think that you could really do a Vengeance as a Burning Plague playthrough in a game where you do nothing but build prevention all the time. And then every now and then do damage with yeah. disease. Because let's not forget that disease naturally in its normal function is really useful. I love disease. So, and like I said, this guy was right in the middle for you at number six because he has the choice to be defensive or offensive. Now, I am very curious to see where this guy's summary of powers will be. This is literally the last guy that we know of who we have no clue as to what his offense, control, fear, defense, or utility will be. I can see his offense being pretty high. I can see his control being not so good. He has a little bit with Slither Across the Land, which allows him to, so long as there is a human that shares a land with a disease, you can push that human and then move the disease along with them. What do you think about utility? I think Utility, it's going to be I think pretty good. Okay, so offense is going to be good. Control, I think, is going to be eh. Meh. Fear, I could see being pretty good. He has the choice of using fear or damage. I think since he has the choice, I think offense and fear are probably going to be his best. Defense, I think, is going to be surprisingly high. Just like a different so, mindset. Of right, defense. and when I mean surprisingly high, I don't mean like 50%, 60%, maybe like 30 or 40 
I mean surprisingly high because he may not strike you as a defender, but just the very nature of disease tokens is a defensive kind of playstyle, prevention. Yeah. And I consider prevention a defensive tactic. Utility, it certainly won't be pegged. No. But it's not going to be nil either. I think it's going to be maybe like 20%, like a little bit. He's going to have a decent amount. Because I really think that Gift of Fiery Vengeance is going to be quite helpful, whether he plays it on himself or whether he plays it on someone else. Because he can generate fear straight up based on fire elements that target spirit has to a maximum of three. Or at least the beta version of the card I'm looking at says to a maximum of three. But also disease tokens are utility just by themselves. In a way, well... They help everyone by no, helping they do, the board they states. Do, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm stretching When I think there. utility, I think specifically Team Buffy. Yes, it is a tool to prevent something from happening, prevent building from happening, but I think of that more as of a defensive tactic to okay. me personally. But you are correct in the fact that it helps the whole team by doing something that's defensive, so I can see what you Just mean. Just playing devil's advocate. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so my other opinions on Vengeance as a Burning Plague, I already described. When he for, was my six. Yeah, in last episode when you talked about it. I like the fact that this is a counterattacker. I love his art. I love this brand new things that he's bringing to the game, which is counterattacking with using disease as damage. I really like the fact that his powers treat Blight as if they were Badlands. So that means that you functionally get Badlands, but in the form of Blight. And that's good because Blight, there are many cards in the game that get rid of Blight, but we are told from some people that there are not many cards that get rid of Badlands. So, since there are a lot of cards that can get rid of Blight, this guy can use Blight as if it were Badlands, which gets the function of Badlands, but you can use the plethora of Blight removal tactics to get rid of that Blight, and so you don't have to really use Badlands tokens because you're already using it in the form of Blight, which is pretty cool. Now, he would still benefit from using Badlands because that means he can get bonus damage without having to push the island closer to its Blight threshold. Mm -hmm. It's just something cool that I think is unique. One final thing I really like about this guy is if you look at his tracks, I did say that he only has nine. Four to upgrade from his energy and five to upgrade from his card play. With the exception of a single upgrade, every single one of his upgrades gets him something new. Two to three, three to four, four to six. Then his card plays, he gets fire element, then three, then three again. That's the only one where he doesn't improve, then four, then five. I really like characters that have their upgrading very methodical and it always moves forward and it doesn't repeat. Have you ever played a character who, even when they upgrade, okay, my card play is two. Upgrade my card play. Still two. My uh. biggest thing is when playing Lightning and it's the yeah. energy gain. It's so slow. Yes. It's and like, it takes so long just to get to two. The rate of escalation on this guy is consistent, and I really like that, except for that one spot in his card play. It starts at two, which is actually not bad, starting with two card play. Well, a lot of people start with one, and he does start with one energy, and I know that may seem common, but there are some people that start with zero. So... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's looking at you, Shadows. Yep. <laughs> we do like Shadows. We will get to him. He's just kind of like our, was it, Oliver Twist, who's always getting like picked on or whatever. Please, sir. Uh, can I have some more? 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 Slaps him across the face. <laughs> oh, Diva. Oh, Diva. <laughs> so there you go. There is my number four, Vengeance as a Burning Plague. All right, bucko. My Let's turn. have it. My turn for number four. I think it's going to surprise you. Yeah. Shroud of Silent Mist. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Ryan has passed out. Oh. It's well, not... my list is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a slight against you. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, okay. 
Yeah, let's hear it. that you compose yourself. Let's hear it. Well, hold on. So I see a vein now popping on Ryan's forehead, everyone, <laughs> and I worry for my life. All right, well, let's have it. This is where John died. No. <laughs> let's go back in time. Let's start from the beginning. When I was first introduced to Jagged Earth, do you remember the person I was texting you about who interested me most? Shroud of Silent Mist. Shroud of Silent Mist. And then you're like, that's my guy. I'm like, well, I'll find someone else. John, you can't give away information. <laughs> about our personal lives. They're allowed to know we text. <laughs> no, talking about my leader. Oh, no. Go for it. Cut anyway, it out, anyway. Cut it out. But yeah, no, I remember you were talking about this guy. It was mostly due to the art. Because I don't This wanna... artwork is, once again, Emily Hancock has outdone herself. Yet again, the same illustrator between Starlight has made a fantastic fantastic how do you picture paint, here. How do you draw or paint mist? Look at that. You know, it's or like, fog. If you told me, here's a pencil, I want you to draw smoke, mist, and clouds. Go for it. I'd be like, huh? And how I don't do, know. I'd just, draw like a puffy, I'd just draw a puffy cloud. That's it. But look at how the swirling, yeah. smoky mist here with this character almost looks like a cloak, like a hood. Well, do you know Christmas Ca- Carol? Yes, he looks like the ghost of Christmas Future. Yes. Where it's like, it's pointing with that one finger towards know, the grave. I know, it's so creepy. It's like, why'd you bring me to the graveyard? I know. <laughs> Take me away. Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it looks like a ring wraith. Look at that hood. Oh, yeah. Oh, Should we make the noise? This artwork is so Should great. <laughs> If you can imitate that noise, I can't. You're not human. I'm not human. No, I <laughs> yeah. can't. Wasn't it Fran Walsh who did the ring race? Like one of the lead producers? Wait, I thought it was just like a generated yeah, sound. Fran, it was Fran a Walsh, human... I think. Yeah, it was a woman who like... screamed. Yeah. Really? And it was Fran Walsh, I think, which was like Peter Jackson's number two. Wow. Which was like That's one of the cool. lead producers of, the, cool. uh, of Lord of the Rings. If you guys didn't doubt that we were nerds, now you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's geek. There's a difference. Trust me, nerds make more money. Anyway. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah, look at this artwork. Very it cool. is so awesome. I love it. I love the way that the smoke and the mist is just swirling around and like this billowing wispy but very light but silent and kind of creepy. I don't know like when you look at the artwork I think it is very well done. I think once again Emily Hancock Yeah, I, very good. And is her style like one of liquid elements and things that are very swirly? Oh do you think she only does one thing? No I highly doubt that. I'm just saying look the last person that I saw that really stuck out to me was Starlight and it was a very wispy swirly character as far as the artwork and look here's another wispy swirly yeah, character same thing. whose artwork is good either way my point being i'm not trying to identify emily hancock style i'm trying to identify that emily hancock is a ridiculously good artist and i am very very impressed with what you can do i will stop interrupting your list no and you can go I'm right back at it. i think my favorite part about because you're thinking about how you design a spirit of mist i think if you look at the special rules or the special powers mm-hmm. it is perfect for a mist i love the theme here. fog spirits Throughout the game, you're always encouraged to take cards when you're picking up minor or major powers with your elements that you use. You know, it's never really, Mm -hmm. like, expressed that you need to do it, but it helps you trigger your nace. You're like, all right, this guy uses plants a lot. I want to use plants, and I want to use water, because that is what Spread Rampant Green uses type of thing, or moon. Right. So it helps that. But this, literally, you benefit energy from if you don't choose something. something we've never seen before. Is that the first time? This is the first time. That is, like, outright encouraging or saying, like, you should do this. Right. Most people, you can get any card from the major or minor power deck, and even if it's elements are contrary to your character's nature it can still be used yeah this guy is further incentivized to not grab anything fire guy makes so much sense this guy is very dark cold and slow what are the elements fire (laughs) is bright fast 
hot and damaging. Yeah. You know, fire is the exact opposite of that. And then I want to get into, not the second one, because I think that one's cool, the gathering, but I want to get to the third special rule, which totally changes the game. And this was oh, actually a rule that me and Laura got wrong when, you know, like things made mistakes on. is yep. Slow and silent death. When we would do damage on a building, like say when we were first playing and I was playing Spread of Rampant Green. And like, okay, cool. I'll do one damage to a city. Then next turn, you know, I'll do mm-hmm. it again and like keep chipping away because we messed up that rule where time passes, they heal. Yep. You did the damage, right? You we did, didn't do the uh, healing thing. We right? were winning right, <laughs> left and right. So obviously we figured out the right way to play and time passes make sense they rebuild their structures Mm. this changes everything this ability is so useful for so many reasons it totally changes the game yeah everything okay lightning has raging storm the card i hate it costs so much does barely any damage because it's one damage to an invader yep it costs so much but it has the water element that he so desperately needs to trigger so i'm like i need to keep this but i hate it yeah (laughs) but now it was three energy too and lightning is a very greedy fella with his energy usage but so, now, if there's a lot of buildings, this makes so much more sense for lightning. We're like, okay, I'll do damage. And if Miss Presence is there, it won't heal. Yeah. I actually called that someone someday or something, maybe a card. I think you told me this. Would prevent healing. You did say that. I didn't know it would be in a spirit. I didn't know how. I just knew somehow that there would be some way that we can prevent people from healing this game. From time passes. I thought it was going to be more of a disease thing. Because people are sick, they don't heal. And originally this guy was a disease spirit back in the day. But we already, A, spoke about that a little bit. And B, I will get into that later when I talk about it. I know, I know. I'm not going to harp on it too much. But that ability might be... It's game changing. And I was talking about Spread Rampant Green, who only does one damage per level of innate. The nickel and dime people. This guy is the savior of all nickel and dime damagers. Especially against people like England, who get bonus health. That's fine. Have your bonus health. We're going to generate energy from it i know or, sorry not energy fear well he gets both energy and fear from wounded invaders <gasps> you're right this guy literally saps the life out of bad guys very similar to ocean and acquires energy and fear as a result of it why he wasn't higher on my list okay a little bit because he was like your number one i think yeah off of first but then you know that like older brother syndrome like well, i don't want to like everything he likes <laughs> 100 <laughs> you know, percent trust me i get that it's like i need to find my own thing i like finder hey but you love finder though i love finder for many 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 reasons and even the growth and we'll get into it more because i want to save so much for you the third growth option where you gain a power card but just where you can place a presence makes so much sense yeah in the mountains or I know, wetlands where, where mist is right or fog. have you ever gone camping and you woke up early in the morning it doesn't even have to be super early i guess yeah i don't know like five six o'clock maybe even seven or eight and you walk outside and the dew is still on the grass and like the sun's coming out and there's like a lake nearby or something and you see the mist yeah. just coming off of the lake or coming off it's of the so pond cool. or something it's so cool and that makes total sense here because mountains are high altitude areas where condensation would happen yep. first because it's colder up there and the wetlands of course like how we talk about camping right 
both mountains and wetlands would totally be those environments where you would see the vapors rising and whatnot. So it just makes so much sense that this guy can go there. The energy presence track worries me a little. So two reasons why this spirit was lower was mm-hmm. that of just like only two. And even yeah. in growth options, you get no energy. Unless you pick up a card without fire, which He's we talked one about. Of the, this is a character that doesn't have any energy spiking actions. Yeah. None. So that was like, okay, I love control. I love pushing. I don't think four is a bad place. I wanted to No, defend. that's one thing. I, I was listening back to the podcast when I was editing them. And it's a compliment when you Getting are one through six. The reactions you hear from us are not in regard to the assumed quality of the spirit, but rather a reaction to the placement of said spirit on each other's list in comparison to where we thought they were going to be. I think so. So we don't have to worry about now what? We're, we're in the top third now. Yeah, now we're, we're in the yep. gravy. So Ever need... since position six on the list, yeah. anything past this is, like I said, The second thing that didn't make the spirits even more higher was cards. Yeah. I, I, I want to know what this I, guy's I cards know, are. I want to know so bad. Ryan. I know, I, I know. know. So I think those were the coolest things that stood out to me. We will get into much more when we talk about the spirit with you. But the special rules are so well thought out oh. for this spirit. Just so well crafted. Love the names. Gather power from the cool and the dark. It's just like eerie. It sends chills down my spine. I know. It fits his theme perfectly. They have done such a wonderful job with all of these characters. Not just him. I think this is all one of the, these characters. Ryan, I think this is one of the best. Where the theme, names wise. of all of their cards, their passives, their innate powers, all of that just puts you in the mood and mindset of who these characters are. And I think they've done such a wonderful job with that flavor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of making everyone feel really saturated in who they are. Mm-hmm. And that makes it so much more fun, in my opinion, to play as someone because you can identify with who they are, everything, much more quickly and efficiently. And so you can just be that role. Mm-hmm. And I love it. So that was my number four. There you go. Number fours. Mine was Vengeance as a Burning Plague. And yours was Shroud of Silent Mist. It's actually kind of poetic that they are on the same... Oh, that's true. Because they were both once, at one point in time, the same spirit. That's actually kind of fun. Anyway, so we are on to... Number three. Number three! Do I start? Is you this me up. again? Yep. I always forget. It always yep. like kind of mixes me up. Downpour drenches the world. Right on. Do you even know who I am anymore? <laughs> My prediction was so wrong. <laughs> Well, I should say my original one. My second guess and third guess one are more correct. My original one is completely off. I want to clarify. This list is a hype list for me. Yep. I don't think these... How many times are we going to clarify that a hype list doesn't equate to... Favorite. Favorite <laughs> or tier list. I um, <laughs> This is just who we are going to play as for first, I know, second, Volcano might end up being my favorite spirit. I don't know. I've never played these people. Yep. This is just a list of who we are going to play as first, first second, third, fourth, fifth, all that jazz. I will say this now. I think this is going to end up being my favorite spirit. Really? Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Because... Think... Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, peek behind the curtain. I'm getting really personal. Are you my Are... therapist? Just... <laughs> I hope not. I'm not so a anyway, medically qualified. when I was four years old. I'm not a medically qualified individual. John, where'd that chaise come from? How did you... Where are we? Where's that pillow? Okay. I'm like clutching a pillow. No. Okay. He's peek... a bird and Finder is a bird and Finder is mobile. This I guy's mobile. I do like mobile. birds. Peek... It's true. You also like lightning. Who's a bird? Well, and many minds. Well. Many minds is someone you're going to like. I'm standing up. This is crazy. John, are you like the patron saint of the avian flu that you're going to bring to Spirit Island? <gasps> the bird flu. The bird flu. Sorry, Corona jokes. Sorry. 
We get distracted easy. Way anyway. too soon. Okay, okay. Number three, Downpour Trenches the World, which I think is so over the top and awesome. Because we're mm-hmm. like just talking about an island and this mm-hmm. is the whole world. Okay, the people I like in Smash Brothers Ultimate. Mm-hmm. Let's start with that. <laughs> Can you tell that I'm a geek? Hey, you got the right word. But <laughs> hey, yeah, well, who doesn't like Super Smash Bros? I was wondering if our love of Super Smash would, would ever into somehow get into this. Let me get, let's get down to business. <laughs> okay. I like um, combo Now characters. theater is getting back into this. Oh, no. For multifaceted individuals who waste a lot of time. We anyway. do. <laughs> this is why these always are over an hour. Okay. Dark Pit? Dark. <laughs> I like combo characters who are like, aren't... <laughs> They don't do a lot of damage. They're so off the <laughs> Hang on. It will tie back in. This is a okay. metaphor. Okay. I do like the pits. I know they're lower tiers. I like the Luigi's, the Falcos. I like all they doing these like fun combos. You kind of yeah. have to practice. And then I play against Ryan and he... <laughs> I hate you. Tell them who you play, Ryan. Tell them who you usually main. Bowser. Bowser. <laughs> My thick boy. My big boy. I'm doing these awesome combos of down tilt, up air, down throw with pits, neutral air. I of, know. You I'm like, it. oh, look, I did 56 damage, and it took me like 10 moves to do it. Ryan does one flame breath, and then one side smash with this double kick, and I'm dead. <laughs> and you're dead. Two moves, I'm dead. <laughs> and I have 165. <laughs> and I, I can't kill you. <laughs> I get a two-stock advantage just because of one hit that I landed, even though I took 20 hits. Oh, it's so everyone, it's so infuriating. But oh, I, I, that's why I love heavies as opposed to glass cannons, because with fragile characters, glass cannons, with heavies, you can make 15 mistakes and not die. Yet, with a glass cannon, you can make one mistake and die. Yeah. Or two mistakes yeah. and die. Oh, it's so beginner-friendly. I feel like I've done so many more hits and cool combos. And if you look at yep. the game, it's like, wow, John had a really good game. He lost. It's, it's, and then, okay, let's not devalue you as a Smash player. I'm not as good as you are. I just pick someone who's more beginner friendly because I'm not as good at the game. That's not even the point of this. I just like combo characters. I see Downpour and I just see what's his main thing is yeah. playing cards over and over again. Yeah. So maybe Downpour can't do the most damage. Depending on the card. He depending gets. on the card. So one of his cards that was leaked or whatever type of thing, we were talking about the beta version, Foundation Sink into the Mud. Two damage on a town or... This is easily his most damaging card. Most damaging card, only one energy. Two damage to a town or if the land is a wetlands, and we'll get into his special rules, you may instead do one damage to each building basically. Yep. So, and he has a special rule. Forget the name. I don't know if you have it up. I do. Pull it up. Where <laughs> if he creates a sacred site, which makes sense, he turns it into a wetland. Yep. Because <laughs> just he's downpouring. He's just so much water. Drench the landscape. Oh, great. Spirits treat your sacred sites as wetlands in addition to the printed terrain. Luckily, only spirits treat it as Oh, such. thank goodness, because that would be terrible if right. the invaders that, that'd would... That would be a double-edged sword. Right. So, okay, if we're talking about combos, if he has two water, which is another special rule, he can replay cards up to five. I think five mm-hmm. is five the cap? Mm-hmm. Five times? Mm-hmm. So, can you imagine if we were playing against a tough adversary where we're just grouping up, or River's playing, because River pairs well with this, obviously. Oh, all the water people do. All the water people do because of the wetland and River gets sacred sites yep. from wetlands. If we're, like, just flooding everything into one lands, and then Downpour can do this crazy combo of just, like, and again, and I'll play this card again. One damage to each building, and mm-hmm. then in a blink of an eye, everything's wiped out from a one energy card. 
I think that is so cool. That I excites me so, so much, I'm so excited Ryan. to see how he can use a quote-unquote weak or lame minor power and make it appear so much better than it really is because he can spam it again and, and again, again and, and again. again. Keep using down tilt. I think his gameplay is going to change a lot because... I think his gameplay is going to have a lot of variability based on just the cards that you get. Yeah. Obviously, I think going to be a minor power user, yep. here's another spirit that struggles with energy gain. You can use yeah, water. I think it's cool where you can use your water elements for energy gain. Yep. So I think that will help, kind of like what they did for Mist. Like, we're yep. going to give you a little bit of a helping hands. I think yep. they wrote <clears throat> in the article where they released this on the Kickstarter page where it's not really an energy track. It's basically just... No, it's an element track. It's an element track. Seriously? look at his element yeah track. if you if people at home can pull this up if you're not driving or something pull it up if you can this beta version of his board that i'm looking at his energy track is it starts with oh one energy then water then plant then water again then oh you get an energy increase to two and that's and, so then, and an air element then the that, next one guys that's the last energy you get keep then going the, then the next one water element next one earth then the next one Two water elements at once. You cap out at two. So starting from the bottom and going up to the top, he has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He has eight circles on this track, and it starts with one water, plant, water, two energy, and an air, water, earth, double water. <laughs> right. <laughs> so much water. So if you're thinking about, oh, I'm just going to keep replaying cards every turn, you really can't because obviously it bleeds into your energy pool and he yeah. doesn't gain a lot of energy. So you really have to plan ahead of like, guys, I can't do much this round. I'm collecting right. my waters. I'm getting energy. I can't. But I like that he has that option though. Yeah. I can really just wait and gather up my energy, which you still makes play sense. cards. Well, thematically makes sense because that not that what rain does? It condenses and condensates and waits and builds up into one big cloud and then just whoosh. Oh, so so much same way you can literally gather water to gain more energy and then release that water to release that energy that you gathered with water to just pour down minor powers or even majors if you have enough energy i suppose yeah on the island that you've been building up with in this torrential downpour i think that is really mechanically so fitting and really cool yeah just that alone and i'm gonna get into even more i know i, I know because you still have yet to talk about the yes, spirit the but growth. i 100 agree Okay. Two things about the growth options. One, is this the only growth option that makes you discard cards? That I know of, yeah. I think that is going to make you think. This because is really interesting. Because you want to grow fast. And I love double presence placement. Further incentivizing that this character is a minor power user, all of his growth options except for one gain him power Which cards. Which is awesome. I love building my hand. And the only one that doesn't give him a power card is the one that makes you discard two power cards. Two. Not even just one. Now, the thing is, is there have been times when I have to discard a power card for some reason, and if I'm a minor power user, I'm like, eh, whatever. I have like eight, you know? Like two. <laughs> but the thing is, is I think that's okay with this guy. You gain power cards all the time. Yeah. Which means you can be gaining miners, which have no limit in your hand for hand size. So you can just be minor power, minor power, minor power, minor power. Discard two. Oh, I don't even use these ones. Okay, cool. You can even have a go-to for which ones you discard each game. Like, oh, eh. that's kind of the meta game within the game type of thing. Right, yeah. right. So like, which is your worst one? 
identify your worst two cards and always pick those ones to chuck. And of course, you don't have to do that. But, but it's a smart thing. The second thing I like about the growth options is you're always doing something with presents. You might not always yep. be placing presents, but you are either moving or placing presents. Yep. And I love that. You know, I like using spirits that move around a lot or grow quickly. So yep. I think that's going to be really when cool. fully upgraded. He can have two presents move one spot because of his tech trees. But his first growth option also moves a presence at range 2. So when fully upgraded and with this growth option, before you even pay and play your cards, you can move your presence three times, which yeah. is really nice, really awesome. His, and again, builds into the lore of this storm moving across yeah. the land. Yep. Really cool. His growth options, like you said, every single one of them, he has three, but every one of them does something with the presence. Something with the presence. Make the you first think. option makes you move a presence. The second option lets you add two presents. And the third option lets you add one presence. But one thing that is really unique and really important to identify with his second one, the second growth option that says you get to add two presence, is each one of those presence is at range two. Each Very, one. Both of them are range two. Now, I know that this is just a beta version, but if that stays, then this is a character that I don't think I can think of anyone else that has that. There are many people that can do two presence at a time, like Thunderspeaker or Silent Mist, but both of them add it at range zero, which which means where you currently Lightning are. can do two and then zero. Lightning has a double presence placing growth as well, but both of them are not range two. Only one of them is. Yep. Now, luckily, since one of them is two, you can add a presence at range two. That one's first. You then you add one, site. so you can still get a sacred site. But this one just means it's more flexible. Yeah. You can make a sacred site immediately or spread out. Lastly, his third growth option, which only gives him one presence, has a range of three. That's actually starting to get really high. Zero to one for range, I consider normal. Zero to one for presence placement. Okay. Range two and three is when it starts to get really good. And then four, four plus is Bonkers. just insane. And usually that is with spirits so you can only go to a certain place. Right. They usually have other strings attached yeah. to make range four plus legal. Unless you find her and you choose the one where it's like any land. <laughs> just any land. Or Boop. ignore all ranges during yep. this turn. Yeah. Insane. So I want to save some things for you because I know the spirit is also higher on your list, but yeah. it is just so cool. Also, more homework for people. They made a video on this they on did. YouTube. They did. Which goes into really cool detail just showing the play style. So I think you can also watch that. It's a quick like five minute video. Yep. Greater Than Games has started to release what they are calling spirit spotlights mm -hmm. where they show a at a glance like five minute synopsis of the character, their mechanics, their lore, their theme. And it's really helpful, I think, for beginners and maybe people who are moderate or even veterans to just review on what this guy is, what they can do, all that jazz. And my only concern is that they only have eight out right now. And I'm I like, know. guys, I want you well, to Well, you know, there's animation and they have to narrate everything. No, I know. They've put out one of these spirit spotlights once a month for a few months now. But the past few months, actually, us two now, they've gone quiet. My guess is that they have made a bunch and they're just going to do a big, like, That'd be cool. big dump, big publishing spree. And we don't know do what Corona has affected and stuff. Yeah. And well, Corona would keep you inside. So. That's true. <laughs> so no excuse, Greater the Games. No, it's fine. We were thinking, well, if Jagged Earth is coming out, they should have a spirit spotlight for all the new peeps mm -hmm. when it comes out. That way people can look at them and people can discover the game and realize that this game is bigger than just another board game. Because look, even the company that made it is putting out content about their game. Pretty digitally. rare. Pretty rare. Right. So anyway, I'm guessing that they're going to have Probably. a lot more of these spirit spotlights. And also anyway, that is my things I like most about Downpour. Downpour. 
I think it's going to be such a fun... I think you're going to like this guy. I think it might end up being my favorite. I think you're going to like You're like, oh, do you get worried about card play that only bashes out of three? No, you can repeat powers. Yep. Yep. (laughs) So, I try to save stuff for you. So, I think there's... Oh, don't worry. There's plenty. There's much more digging. But, yeah, I like combo players in my fighting games. And I think in my board games, he's also going to be on my list because of all the combo opportunities. Yep. So. Right on. All righty. So, there is your number three. Downpour drenches the world. Oh boy, now we're starting to get to my number three. Number three. Number... No, I already did that. (laughs) (laughs) My number three. Lure of Deep Wilderness. Called it. (laughs) Top three, my bronze metal contender, or whatever you want to call it. Here we have some big clash because Lure was pretty low on mine. Yeah, Lure was number nine. Uh, yeah, nine sucks. No, <laughs> not the best. Remember how we not said great, that? Not great, Bob. Anything above six is a compliment. Yeah, nine's not six. Lore of Deep Wilderness. This guy Explain, is please. really, really interesting to me. You said that the token users are really intriguing to you and you're really... Add a different element to the game. Right. And I also said that I really like the token users as well. Well, this guy is a token user. Which one does he use? All Hmm, of them. All of them. (laughs) All of them but Strife. He uses wilds, he uses beasts, he uses disease, and he uses badlands. So he uses literally all the tokens except for Stripe. So, Lure of Deep Wilderness. I will comment briefly about the art. I do really think it's super awesome. Something about it just looks so cool. It's not as striking as the other ones, but somehow it makes sense to me. I feel lured into it. <laughs> Don't you, like, you just want to, like, keep staring at it and you're, like, that light. It is light. very interesting. It's like an anglerfish because mm-hmm. he has this one glowing bulb on top of his head, just like the anglerfish do in the deep ocean and stuff. But this is also a plant guy. Like, he looks like he's made out of wood. It and doesn't plant. look, like, green at all. Right. Or keeper. Because right. it's kind of hard, like, how do I make each plant look different? Right. Right, so this is our third plant guy. We have Rampant Green, who is all about small foliage. Vines, grasses. And then we also have Keeper, who is big trees, like... Tree? Tree? I am no tree. Our second Lord of the Rings reference. I am an ant. <laughs> so yeah, this is our third plant guy. Not that he is exclusively plants, but yeah. when you look at him, look, he's covered in moss. His main body, his main chassis, fuselage. Wilderness is, is in his name. Wilderness is in his name. So why is this guy number three for me? Well, the more I looked at this guy, the more and more I was really just, wow, this guy is so different. Okay. Look at how different this is. Look at how different that is. And I know that I said that this is not a top 12 of people that bring something new to the table. Mm-mm. As in, if they are completely new, that means they are high on this list. That's not what this list is, and that's not why this guy is exclusively very high. This guy brings a whole lot new to the table that hasn't been seen before, as well as using strategies I think aren't done well enough in the game, as well as using elements that I like. Yeah. I like Wilds tokens. I like Disease and Beast. I haven't used Badlands, but I really like those tokens. Keeper, I love Keeper. Keeper, I think, is one of the better spirits in this game. Mm. I have so much fun with Fangs, and I cannot wait to do Vengeance, who also uses Disease, and this guy uses all of them all of them furthermore you know how we once said one of the coolest things about token users is how they can use tokens differently than anyone else yeah and how keeper can use his wilds tokens for damage how vengeance can use his tokens for damage and obviously fangs and many minds can use their beasts for damage this guy can use all of those for damage he can use wilds for damage he can use disease for damage he can use beasts 
for damage. He can use all of them. It's so wonderfully flexible with any of those guys. Hey man, I'm playing with Vengeance. I have a lot of disease. Okay, I can make use of that. Hey man, I'm playing as many mines. I have a lot of beast tokens. Okay, I can use you that. You do like a jack of all trades. You said that. Hey man, I'm playing as Keeper. I have a lot of wilds tokens on the field. Hey, I can use that. Mm. This guy is going to have some really awesome synergies with very specific people, I think. So I want to get into just more of this. And so this guy is anti-ocean. He is the exact opposite of ocean. This guy only goes on the inland. One can argue can go to more lands than ocean. Oh, easily. Are you kidding? There's only three tiles per board (laughs) that aren't. So there are, what, there's two of each. That's eight, three. So what, there's five lands per board that are inland. Ocean becomes a wetland (laughs) to... It counts as a place Ocean can go to. My point being, Ocean could only go to the coasts. Yes. This guy, that is the only place where he can't go. Ocean cannot go inland. And there's this is the only place where Lure can go. Mm-hmm. So where Ocean can't go, he can. Where this guy can go, Ocean can't. So these two have an obvious combo, an obvious pairing that I'm really eager to see. But if you look at his cards and you look at his innate powers, every single one of them, except for two, two being both innate powers and cards here. So four cards and two innate powers accumulating to six powers. Of his six powers, four of them require you to go inland. That's fine. And two of them don't. One of them is you just target another spirit, so it's not a land targeting power. And another one is the one where you can pull people in. Meaning you can pull them in even if they are in the coast. coast. So my point being here, this guy from the game start has a little bit more reach into his no-go zone than Ocean does with his no-go zone naturally. Yes, Ocean can go and grab some range buffing cards or other cards from the major or minor power deck that do not target coastal lands, which will allow him to actually go and play some cards that are not on the coast or in the ocean. I get that. I'm just talking about from right out the gate, this guy still has something that can be used mm. without having to go into the deck. I think Ocean might be a little more powerful just by able to I think drown so. towns and cities. Yep, it's a trade-off. So it's a trade-off. But I haven't even given we, a basic synopsis yet. No, but, well, to, get be, into it. to be fair, we did the basic synopsis when you had him at your number nine a few episodes ago. So this guy is A, all about going inland, but B, this guy is a spirit of attraction. What he does is he will put invaders in like a drugged, comatose state. Do you remember Wreck-It Ralph when all the bugs, yes. when they saw the light, they were pulled toward this light? That's kind of like the vibe of what I get, what I feel as if this guy does. He enchants people and then charms them to himself that's what this guy does but he only does it to humans now luckily you're going to be doing it to bad guys not necessarily to han you can move to han this way but you don't hate to han you actually like using to han so what you're doing is this guy pulls invaders in to the wilds and then he kills them there what's cool though is that this is a guy who downgrades people really well and more efficiently than shadows flicker like flame does shadows flicker like flame can downgrade someone by one level So if it's a city, he can downgrade them into a town. If it's a town, he downgrades it into an explorer, which is pretty cool. What this guy does is whether it's a town into two explorers or whether it's a city into three explorers, it's just you do the downgrade once and they become explorers. 
there is no going down the ladder of city then to town and mm-hmm. then town into explorers it's just right from the get-go directly to explorers it's just the difference is depending on which one it was you place more explorers so if it's a city it's three explorers and if it's a town it's two explorers so which would you rather have would you rather have someone who when he does his downgrading it's all at once but you get a lot more invaders or would you rather have Shadows and Flame, which it takes him longer to do it, but he doesn't spit nearly as many invaders as a result of it. And gets fear generation. And he gets fear generation. This guy, what he does, though, is he has this wonderful special rule called Enthrall the Foreign Invaders, which the beta version said, For each of your presence in a land, ignore up to two explorers except during the build step slash build actions. The finalized one is... For each of your presence in a land, ignore two explorers during the ravage step and any ravage actions. So it's pretty much the same. Just worded in a different way. So just for ravaging, when bad guys do damage, you get to ignore them based on how many presence you have in a land. So this means that they're not going to go and attack you. Mm. So you cannot use Dahan to counterattack during ravages with these guys because for all intents and purposes, they don't exist. Explorers. (laughs) That's so cool. But that's okay, though, because you can actually have a buffer of a few explorers just loitering there because they're all entranced. They're all entranced by you attracting them, and so you get to ignore them, giving you time to bring people in and kill them. Mm. Or maybe a friend like Sharp Fangs who's really good at killing explorers. He can come in and he can just feast on them or something like that. Yeah. So that is really unique and really cool. I love the idea of downgrading people. One of my favorite things about Shadows and Flames is his card, Crowds of Wither and Fade, which downgrade people, and also a major power card called Winds of Rust and Atrophy, which Mm. does the same thing. Mm I'm surprised at how many times we have acquired a new victory because this terror victory thing, terror level two victory, terror level three victory, requires us to have no of this kind of building on the board. No towns left, no cities left. Well, with downgrading, you're not killing them. You're just getting rid of them in the form of downgrading. But that really helps you here and there with getting people off the board. Most of the time... Most of our wins are that way, I would say. One of the best reasons before Finder that Crops Wither and Fade had was you can downgrade a city into a town and then use a card that moves towns because Mm -hmm. no one can move cities. So if you wanted to move a city, downgrade it first, then move it. That's really powerful because cities have been a... Immovable force. Immovable force that the spirits had nothing to do except for just kill it. Now, though, this guy can go and break it down and someone else can move it. Yeah. What if you had River on your team and you downgrade someone? one and then she's like hey let me just watch these guys away and so just i really like the idea of taking something that is dangerous i.e a city and then turning into explorers which is a lot less dangerous this means that this guy is going to really like good at nerfing the enemy very good at nerfing the enemy and i really like my defensive minded characters you do and like you said this guy is very to me jack of all trades look at his summary of powers his offense control and fear are all tied and they're all very high. His defense is a little bit less, and then his utility is basically nil. But this guy does offense, control, fear, and defense pretty well. Now, his defense comes in the form of preventing things, Mm -hmm. not actually blocking damage. But you can go and find defend cards, and he definitely benefits from it. Why? Because he has ways that he can manipulate Dahan and move them. And so since he's going to be using Dahan, he can go ahead and do damage with them in the form of counterattacks when buildings will counterattack against them. So long as you are downgrading buildings into explorers and keeping them entranced, and then and elsewhere using Defend and Dahan where you don't have presence, I think this guy can strike a pretty unique and pretty effective gameplay style. 
So one thing that really spoke out to me about this guy is look at his growth options. I, I hope we you have, were going to mention that. We have never seen this before. This is a guy who he has four growth options. And when characters have growth options, it's usually here's a selection of various options and you can pick one or you can pick two. If you are someone like Fangs mm. or Keeper or Serpent, and in Starlight's case, pick three. Sure. But this guy has four options, and he can pick two. However, there are still more strings attached with which two you can pick. How it works is he can pick either option one or two, and then option three or four. It literally says pick one of and gives you those options and one of. Right. There are two pairings. He has four growth options, but those four are grouped into pairs of two. You can pick one of the first pair and one of the second pair. This means you can either pick option one and three and one and four or two and three and two and four. You will never pick one and two or three and four. It will always be one and three, one and four, or two and three, two and four. And so when you look at which ones those are, it's really interesting because option one and option two are incredibly valuable. Option one lets you reclaim your cards while option two lets you place a presence. Mm. So what's really interesting is look at this guy's progression escalation on his tracks. Oh my goodness. Everyone is good. This guy is fantastic with upgrading. Furthermore, he starts the game off with three presents, which means he only has 10 to upgrade with. Sure, it's not the best. Sure, it's not the worst. But there are a lot of people who need a lot more than 10. They need 11 or 12 to fully upgrade. This guy only needs 10, and he starts off with three, which is really good. But every single time he upgrades, every single time, whatever he upgraded, whether it's energy or card play, he gets something new so nothing, or, an, or an improvement. Nothing repeats. Nothing wasted. Nothing repeated, which I absolutely love. Every I briefly, time you grow, you feel like you're yeah. getting stronger. And I just spoke about how Vengeance only has one spot on his track that repeats. This guy literally has no repeats. Look at his tracks. He gets either plus one energy, plus one energy, plus one element of this kind, element of this kind, element and energy. And on his card plays, it's the same deal. He gets another card, gets another element, gets another card, gets another card. I think one of the coolest things is the double reclaim. And that was the most unique thing I was going to cap this current conversation with was this guy, when fully upgraded, is five and five, five energy, five card play, which is really respectable, but he has reclaimed two. One from the top track, one from the bottom track. This guy has a reclaim one on each track. Granted, it's the capstone of each of his tech trees, but this guy can reclaim two naturally. And like you were saying, less he can grow quicker because yeah. there's three on the board already. So maybe it's not that hard to get to 10. I mean, there's usually so 10 turns in a I'm game. I'm going to comment on this in a little bit. Okay. But look at the efficiency of growth. Every single time, there's not a single thing that's repeated. Nothing. It's not like, oh, I have two energy, upgrade it. Still two energy. No, it's increase every time. And if it's not an energy increase, it's because you got an element, which is so nice. So this is where it gets tricky, though. Look at which options are one and two and three and four with his growth. The reclaim one is in the same pair as his growth one. Of his four growth options, only one of them he can place places a presence. A presence yeah. Which means that you're going to be reclaiming cards every, I don't know what, every two, 
at most. Some people do it every turn, or maybe every other turn. Lightning. But this guy is going to have some of Lightning's and Shadow's flicker-like flames kind of awkward moments when you're growing up because you want to grow up, but you also want to grab energy at the same time. This is someone who only has one growth option that gives him a presence. And every time you do it, you're going to get a wonderfully efficient stat increase, whether it be to element gain or whether it be to card player energy gain, but you're not going to be doing it every single turn. You can't do it every single turn. And no double placement presence. And no double placement presence, which I would say is normal. It's just when someone has it, it feels really nice when they do. So this guy doesn't have it. That said, reclaiming two when you're fully upgraded, only two other people in the entire game besides Lure get that. And that's Fangs and Serpent. Okay. Only Serpent and Fangs can reclaim two with their tracks. This is our third character now that can do that. Yes, I understand that Starlight Seeks his form can also build himself in a way uh, that can get reclaimed. Starlight too. is an asterisk of a spirit. But Starlight is an asterisk in every way. Yep. Because guess what? If you didn't choose that option for Starlight, it's, you permanent, it's permanently lost yep. to you for the rest of the game, and thus you can't do it. So of the people that are not Starlight, this is the third person that can go ahead and, once he has his tracks fully leveled up, get to Reclaim 2, which is insane. It's funny how Reclaiming really hurts your growth, because if you Reclaim, you cannot place a presence. Furthermore, if you place a presence, you cannot Reclaim. Funny how, once this guy has grown up a bunch, that problem is kind of like flipped on its head. Yeah. This guy starts really hampered with Reclaim, and then once fully becomes upgraded, the best. becomes the best, or tied for one of the best for Reclaim. So... I think this guy is going to pair very well with people that allow him to upgrade faster. So whether that is Major Powers that let you do it, or Serpent that lets you do it, or Rampant Green, surprise, surprise, yep. because he can allow you... It's kind you of like Green pairs well with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till our tier list! I know, I know. But, I mean, hey... Rampant Green and this guy are both plants, so it's like makes sense. plant bro helping plant yeah, bro. definitely makes sense. It totally makes sense. And I think that this guy, if he has someone that can help him with his slightly awkward growth and presence placement progression tracks, I think if someone assists him with all that, this guy could be notably stronger. What's cool and in my mind, because if we get to that point where you're out of growth and you have obviously both tracks fully exposed and you can reclaim two, mm -hmm. that kind of null and voids that first growth option. If you reclaim, right. it's like, well, then I don't want to reclaim because I can already reclaim two. But then like right. the other one's like, but that's your growth placement presence. But right. you can move presence. Oh, the new rule that says if you're fully upgraded and you would place a presence, you can move one. You instead. can move one. That's yep. It's, okay. it's got a name of like this, like reorganized kind of things. I saw someone just today an article saying that with the new power cards that are coming in, they may have a rule that says that when you gain a new power card, it's actually five or six that you gain instead of drawing four. Oh. But I don't know. I, there are a slew of those kind of rules that I am uneducated about because the expansion simply hasn't come out. So I don't think that becomes null and void. It's like, right. instead of adding ones, like, why, this would becomes dumb. I can right, just now because, move it forward. Because away. if you're fully upgraded, why bother getting reclaimed two at the end of your tracks? But if you can move it. But if you can move it, that's fantastic. That's and even huge. if you don't, you still get to reclaim and get plus another energy yep. which you can spike with option three which gets get you an three. element of your choice so you can get up to within eight yeah you can get eight energy if you did that with option one and three which is pretty huge which is pretty sweet keep in mind that the rules that we just mentioned are ones that were just circulating in the rumor mill so they could be completely non-factual but we'll see now you once said that you were concerned about his damage output yeah 
Because in the spirit synopsis, they say that, oh, you gather people, you keep them from doing anything bad if they're explorers, and eventually they just go away. I just don't like invaders lasting on the board. I think that's why I do like lightning. Yeah. Well, I really thought about that, and I was actually really impressed with this guy's damage output once I took another glimpse at it. Are you talking so, about like the second and eight? Does so that... look at Never Heard From Again. Okay. It's adding Badlands, which is a damage buffing token. And you can be spitting this a lot throughout the game. Furthermore, you just destroy explorers straight up based on how many Badlands, Beasts, Disease, and Wilds token you have. Which means the damage that you are getting from Badlands isn't wasted on explorers. That's you true. straight up destroy them, then the damage that is used, go ahead and throw that on a building. I instead. think I need to see this in action. So like this guy can it. really clear out a spot because yeah. guess what? Badlands just destroyed an explorer. And now you can do damage with the Badlands because of Swallowed by the Wilderness. This card is his only fast card that says two fear and in a land that you are in to a maximum of five, one damage per beast, disease, wild, and Badlands. Now, that is not the bonus damage from Badlands. That is one damage per each of those tokens from this card. This card is allowing those tokens to do damage by themselves. And, stack, yeah. and then the Badlands will kick in. Well, you saw that this guy was adding Badlands a lot with his Never Heard From Again mm -hmm. passive, as well as his Perils of the Deepest Island power card, which adds a fear and a Badlands. This guy is going to have a lot of Badlands. And that can be really good. If you have two Badlands and you do one damage, that's a city. Yeah. Two Badlands in a land where you do one damage, you can get two bonus damage and kill that city. Badlands still may be kind of cautious, Ryan. I'm Not still worried about what they can do, but you have to acknowledge the power. the power of A, multiple stacking Badlands in a spot, and B, the fact that your tokens first with that one power card destroy explorers without using the damage in your damage pool. Mm. So if I have five damage I can deal, and there's a bunch of buildings and explorers, destroy two explorers per one of these tokens. I still have five in my damage pool once I destroyed all the explorers. Then I can use that damage on the buildings, which is further boosted by a bad line. Makes sense why now the offense of the summary powers is pretty yeah. high. So I really thought, I was like, oh, that first initial destroy thing happens, but it's destroy, not damage. And like I've described over these past few minutes, destroy gets around damage. You're not using your damage. If I have three damage in this land and a destroy effect, and the destroy effect happens first, I'm not using my damage that mm -hmm. I'm about to use. So if I have three damage and destroy, and the destroy happens first, I destroy the people, and then my three damage goes on the people who are left. And it seems like Badlands tend to linger. They do tend to linger, so this guy can use Dahan. He can gather them, he can push them, mm -hmm. but he can't naturally defend with them. I think this guy really wants to have defend cards for keeping his Dahan alive, but that's a balance I'm willing to walk because, I mean, don't we already have characters that walk a certain line yeah. anyway? Like Wildfire. You gotta make them balanced. He has a line that he has to walk, and yet he's still really effective. I think this is a line that can be just as effective okay. as the line that Wildfire walks without being as negatively consequential. Without being 
being as risky. I would rather have Badlands than Blight than right. like, as far as too much. Sure. Because yes, my Dahan are dying, but at least the bad guys are dying too because then the moment you have a plus one damage somewhere, oh, there's like six <laughs> Badlands here, so that one damage is actually seven. You know, like, and theoretically, oh. you could gain a power card every single turn because the second growth tree yeah. or whatever, pick one of and one of, it says gain mm. one power card. Like you're saying, look for defend cards every single right. turn. And when you find one, defend five, perfect. And Boom. I forgot to mention this, even though he only has one presence placing action it is range four sure it's inland but that's the only place he can go anyway range four that's really far dude. spread out a lot of his powers literally every single one except for forsake society chase after dreams has to be in a land that you are in all of them have range zero except for the other one i just described that has a range of one and that's the one that lets him go into coastal lands but if you have someone that buffs this guy's range, this guy can be significantly more efficient and effective. Can Finder move their presence to a coastal? Nope. Okay. It still must be legal. His presence may only be added and moved oh, to lands that are in I thought it was just added. Yeah, it's added slash moved. Okay. Because so, I was like, Finder can move people around. Yep. So long as you can make it legal, it can happen. But this Home of the Island's Heart still makes yeah, that action you're right. illegal. Okay, good point. But my point being, Again, why he was you, nine. I think this guy is buffed by reaching grasp more so than other people are. You see, when other people get reaching grasp, they can do what they already do normally, just a little bit better, just yeah. a little bit further away. This guy, if he gets reaching grasp, a whole new set of strategic options and possibilities to him are now available that weren't even possible before. And why? it was already such a good minor power. Right. And why? Look, everything he does is in a land that he's in. Everything. But now he can do his entire shtick farther away that completely changes everything. Sure, the target lands are still inland for most of these, but the fact that you can go and cause fear, push to Han, gather towns, gather beasts, gather to Han, gather explorers, spit more tokens out there, do damage with tokens without having to put blight on the field, that if, kind of thing. If you get a range 2 buff on that. Yeah, that's a lot of utility that I just described. That's why I like Entwined Power so much, because the trading, yeah, is that the only that. card that can make you... Make your presence count as his, and his count as yours. And then can't you trade cards you as well? You can trade cards if you reach the that's elemental That's why I love I, that power That card so is so dope. And, and cheap. I think 2 energy. It's not bad yeah at the moment it's the only way for a human player to trade cards with another human player yeah so anyway anyway those are my thoughts that i was saving for later with lure of deep wilderness my number three i think these are such a strange but unique combinations of things some of whom we've already seen but in such a weird and kind of intriguing collection I really it's kind like... kind of luring you in. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. But totally being genuine here, the efficiency of upgrading, to me, is so useful. It's such a great get for this guy. I'm really attracted by that. I really like the downgrading people and ignoring people. Just the whole, yeah, I'm just going to put you on the back burner. You know, and someone who's really effective, someone who's really scary because of how many people they're swarming the board with, and you can just come in here and thwart them and be like, no, you're not really a big deal. Mm. Look, there's like a crowd of like six people here, but I have three presents there. I'll so, worry about uh, it later. Yeah. You know. Oh, look. I have two presents here, so which means I can ignore four of you. How many of you are here? Five. Eh, fine. Yeah. You know, like, Very unique. <laughs> that is so nice. I love people who can just straight up ignore things. So the fact that he uses all these tokens, I really like that. I really like the Reclaim too. I think if you have someone who can help him with getting presents increased, this guy could be pretty dope. And so there you have it. That is my number three. So your number three was 
downpour drenched the world, and mine was lure of deep wilderness. That's all the time we have for this one, guys. I'm so excited to hear about our top thoughts two for our top two. So until then, guys, let us know what your hype list is. If you have any, you can comment on the comments below on our SoundCloud, or you can catch us on our Instagram or on our Facebook. Links will be down in the description. And until next time, happy playing. Have fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Kindred Spirit Podcast. We appreciate you taking the time to do so. Feel free to visit us on our Instagram and Facebook page. You can find me on our Facebook page at The Kindred Spirit Podcast. To get a hold of John, check out our Instagram page at The KSP123. We look forward to hearing from you and seeing you in future episodes.